Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. everybody. My name is Bradley Shaw and thank you for joining us And Between the Covers. Tonight I'm talking to Ken Dunlop, author of his own memoir, Dunlop, Dazzler Dunlop, my inside story. What is it? Inside my squared circle. Inside my squared circle. Yeah. Hello, Ken. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, It's a wonderful book and uh, thank you for, you know, allowing us to, to help you with this journey, but also uh, please introduce yourself and tell us the, the viewers a little bit about this, this wonderful story of yours. Okay, my name is Ken Dunlop. My <laughs> wrestling name was Dazzler Dunlop. Um, I started wrestling in, started training to wrestle in 1977, when wrestling in Australia was very big at the time, because there was World Championship Wrestling on TV twice a week. So it was very big. I started learning at the end of that sort of trail and I had got to train with five wrestlers who were all on TV at the time. And they were all the bad guys. And they knew a lot more than the good guys. And it was just, yeah, a lot of fun. I grew up watching wrestling as a young child and mum and I went to a festival hall every Saturday night. And I just fell in love with professional wrestling. And from the age of seven, if you ask me what I wanted to be, it was either a policeman or a wrestler. Okay. Uh, yeah. so, it was a why- so why did, why did wrestling win over police? What, what was the choice? You didn't want to have a gun? You didn't want to have to... No, I actually did try to apply for the police force, but I was one yeah. inch too short. Because back <laughs> no. in those days, there was a height limit in those days. Yeah. So I passed yeah. all the other... I had the physical, I had the mental exam, I had all those sort of things done right. Yeah. And yeah, I was one inch too short. So they said, come oh, back. God in a year or two and I thought well I'm not going to grow <laughs> <laughs> That's right. stretch yourself out <laughs> so I mean that one inch would have helped a lot being a bit shorter in that in the ring for the wrestling though wouldn't it <laughs> made you a little more slippery I might have been, might have been a little bit bigger for the yeah. wrestling but my size was great I was, I was considered at first a light heavyweight that they call us yep. in those days or a junior heavyweight and yep. Yeah, as I got older, of course, I got heavier and heavier and heavier. Then I become a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. So back then, too, wrestling was so new. It was more a club thing. It wasn't actually a, a commercial thing. You mentioned earlier that some of the wrestlers had got onto TV. So that was really, you know, for you, you said it in such a way that it must have been such a almost a, a distinguishable element of the wrestling. So it's still a bit more underground or a bit more unknown in a sort of like, you know, smaller circles. It didn't really become a big, a big. Um, no. It was, it was very big in, in Australia from 1964 to 1978. Oh. Uh, they did like Melbourne Festival Hall every Saturday night yep. and they nearly yep. filled 6,000 people every week. Awesome. So they did all around Australia, then they did all the country areas. Um, yep. 
But when it when it died on TV in '78 for World yeah. Series cricket, that's yeah. it, it. Sort of killed Melbourne basically, and it was only like one or two shows a month. Yeah, Sydney had wow. the club scene, so Sydney had more, a lot more work. That's why I moved to Sydney in the end of '79. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I knew about it through Sydney. I didn't know it was as big in Melbourne during the 60s, as you said. Um, I came across it in the 80s in, uh, in New South Wales and Sydney. But, I, yeah, that's amazing. Well done. So so from starting point, though, you almost, I guess, you know, we're at the starting point of the industry. Like, you're, it was still relatively young here, as you say, in Australia. So you were at the start of it and, and became part of that culture very quickly. Yeah, so I was 16 when I started learning wow. and had my first match at 17. Mm-hmm. And my last match just before my 40th birthday. Wow. So I was around for a long time. It was <laughs> interesting because at the same time of, of learning to wrestle, that's when I was coming to terms with my sexuality as well. Yeah, yeah. And in those days, it wasn't talked about. Um, I was 16, 17. So I was sort of learning the wrestling from some very tough, macho, old fashioned, tough guys. Yeah. And. So I had to sort of keep it to myself, but I was also dealing with the issues myself. So at times I sort of got very depressed, especially in my earlier days. Yeah, yeah. I sort of felt really comfortable. I told a few guys at the time and they were were quite fine with it. Yeah. I didn't blurt it out to everybody, but if anyone asked me, I'd always be honest and tell them. Yeah, yeah. But I I didn't come out to my family until I was about 20 or 21. Okay, and, and how they react point, to that? Oh, fantastic! Mum was yeah. Mum said she knew it all the time. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can't put it past Mum. <laughs> yeah, Dad was a bit shocked at first. He didn't speak to me for two days afterwards. He just walked out of the room, didn't say nothing. No. But then he just sort of said, "Look, you're my son. I love you. Just don't talk about it." Fair enough. So yeah. we we pretty much didn't talk about it until twenty years later type of thing when yep. when my mother got ill then my mother passed away yeah um, dad made him come really close and then it was just nothing then he, he didn't care and it was great mm-hmm. so yeah okay really- well you're, you're lucky like you had a really good strong family support in that sense it was still you know it, it had to adapt to it but i understand you know because the culture and the time period was different um the, the view of things were different sometimes um but yeah no i'm glad they came to your to your aid and, and helped with that so yeah and my brother and sister were all very helpful at the time as well they were all very supportive so when you came out in the public sense uh, in the wrestling ring as well was that was that a part of it as well coming out in the in your 20s or did you keep that still secret to that degree until i, I didn't keep it a secret i didn't blurt it out but i was i mean i wasn't quite camp in the ring i had a lot of uh, wonderful outfits i had some beautiful capes i spent a lot of money on my outfits and I'd get in the ring and do a little bit of a twirl with my pink gown and my red and black gown. Yeah. And yeah so I sort of, I was quite candid a little bit. But, yeah. that, but that's the thing, with that sort of thing. Yeah, it was a show. So you had a little bit of campness you could get away with in that sense without, you know, being over the top. And as you say, um, really profiling the whole, uh, the exploitation of it. But you could use that and be comfortable in that arena. And I was, I'm yeah, curious, well, what, I'm curious what you said here. Inside my squared circle, the subtitle of your book. Tell me what what was your reference your your reference to that? A lot of wrestlers call the wrestling ring a squared circle. Mm. So that's where the squared circle came from. Right. And um, yeah, just like me on the inside of it, like looking out type of thing. That's that's yeah. where it came from. That was my very first option, and 
then I went down four or five more, but that was the first option and that's what I stuck with. Yeah. So what made you sit down and and to put this book together? Why did you say to yourself, I, wa- I really want to write this book about the story? You had the acceptance of the family, you had the success of the of the wrestling, you know, um, society and community that you, you had been a part of, and yet something propelled you. What was it that made you want to write this book? When I sit down with other folks from the wrestling, we all sit around and tell stories. Um, and all the time they used to say, you should write a book. I told so many stories just off the top of my head. And they'd yeah. say some little thing and it would trigger a memory. So I'd tell them another story. <laughs> so when I, I retired from work four years ago, mainly yeah. due to ill health at the time, but my health has picked up a lot since then, thank God. Yeah. I just sort of played with the idea at first. Then I sort of thought, I'll just try and write it down on paper beforehand to see if I can get a book. Yeah. And so I sort of did that for about six months. And then I sort of let it go for about two months, just totally forgot about it. And then I went back and I just kept remembering things. So I've got notepads next to my coffee table, next to my bed, next to my kitchen table, and next to the computer. And yeah. I'd remember things and go and write them all down. And then I'd start doing and And even in the end, when I thought I'd finished the book, we actually added nine more chapters. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so it's just incredible. Yeah. So was it difficult to write? Was it difficult to remember and go back into some of those periods and be be accurate and make sure that, that you know you were true to yourself as well? Because memories can be funny things too. Yeah. Luckily enough, I wrote down every match I had in a little mm. book. So I had that as a, a good reference. Good. And I've got two or three friends, Ed Locke, who wrote the forward for the book. Yeah. He's a, a wrestling historian and he's, his memory is just cast iron. Yeah, good. So I had two or three meetings with him yeah. and um, he gave me dates and there was a local wrestling magazine at the time, or there was two actually, and yeah, he had a lot of those copies of those. So he gave me copies to read so I could brush up. So I had all the dates right and yeah. Good. So I was good. pretty followed through as much as I could. And this was your first book that you've actually written, that you've sat down studiously written or you've written before? Yeah. Well, I've always, I've always worked pretty hard. I've always worked two or three jobs and had long hours. Yep. And um, I didn't have time, basically, mm. before to do it. And yep. I had thought about it two or three years earlier, mm. but I just didn't have time. Because I was doing, like, 60 hours a week of work. Yeah. And six days a week, so I just didn't have time to wow. do it. Once I've finished, I thought, well, I'm going to travel. That's what I love doing, travelling. So I travel <laughs> three times a year. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, then I had the time. So I, yeah. And when I started doing it, it was amazing. I was getting up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. I'd sit down for three or four hours every day and do it. And then sometimes yeah. you'd get stale, so I'd just stop for the day or stop mm. two or three days. Yeah. And I'd come back to it and then I'd just, as I said, keep remembering things. So I'd have to go back and add it and change it. And yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. There was, there was a few personal things I didn't put in the first draft. Mm-hmm. And sitting there talking to Joey and I've got two really good friends who have known me for 40 years and and they sort of said, you should really put that in because that's you're only telling your story once. Yeah, really that's right. Yeah. Even though it's all deeply personal stuff, mm. um, it was very painful to bring back some of those memories. And mm. yeah, so, but I it, thought it well, is. I mean, a memoir by definition 
is a brave document for any man or woman to write. I mean, it is very personal, usually. And if you're brave enough to put those things in it too, it makes it so much more valuable to a reader. They understand that, that it is your personal story. Um, sure. But again, your colleagues who, I mean, I'm assuming they eventually all understood and found out and everything who you were. Will there be anything in there that you feel some will be surprised by or things and, and the other stories or the experiences you've had through that that time, their perspectives will be changed or different? There will be a lot of uh, raised eyes with them because yeah. yeah. they didn't know to the extent of my like, like, like gay life. They yeah. knew I was like, gay, but I never obviously flaunted it. Yeah. But yeah, I think the few of them will be quite shocked mm. by that. And, and some of the things about depression, which I, I always yeah. hid very well, uh, yeah. they didn't know about that. So yeah, a few will be raised about that. Okay. And what about those that know you, like know you, know you well? Will, will they learn more about you as well? Will there be things in there that, that you share that they, even to your closest people, maybe they still don't know? The closest people know the two friends I've got who I've known for forty years. They know all about my, my gay life. Yeah. They actually didn't know much about my wrestling life. Okay. Um, I mean, they did come to a couple of wrestling shows, but they weren't really into it. So, yeah. so they'll. They will learn a yep. lot about that side of my life, and yeah, good. So, did you did you find that that you wanted to talk with other wrestlers as well from the time and get their input to the book? And you explain, did you use like them as well, like help them to create the wrestling memories? I spoke to about six or seven of the of the guys, mm-hmm. and um, I told them what I was basically doing, and and they yep. sort of all all positive they're all really helpful and uh suggested things there's there's another guy who wasn't a wrestler but he's very heavily involved in wrestling podcasts and wrestling uh writing stories on wrestling yeah and he he helped me tremendously as well he sat down with me two or three times as well and one time him and ed lock came to my house and they interviewed me for three hours and they take they went home and they read my script or the book as it, as it was at the time yeah. yeah and then they went back and listened to it and said well this is not in there this is not in there this is not in there so they yeah. gave me a whole like i think it was about 13 or 14 pages of a4 pages of things i didn't put in the book so yeah, yeah. so just talking about things like i still remember things and i even yeah. said to joey the other day i told him a story and he said that's not in the book I'm saying, there's, there's so there's so many pieces of your life that, that that we are even until you start consciously thinking about your past, you know, you can just it can be blurred. You know, there's things in there, but like as you say, once you've triggered a process, a thought, you can really see so much more of yourself in in your life. And then to sit and write that down is a very big accomplishment. Like it is, it's very not only brave but very, you know, thoughtful and articulate to do that. Well done. You've done a great Thank job. You. That's why it took so long to do it. It took me 18 months. I yeah. wanted to do it right. I didn't want to just rush it. So yeah, no, I, that's why I thank you for your patience with me as well. No, I no, 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 it's, no. It's been a pleasure. And in fact, you know, in some degrees, uh, as horrible and frustrating as COVID has been for many people uh, in some elements, it has made us slow down, made us stop and made us be able to, to use our time a little more uh, 
effectively, you know, with our family and friends and, and, and things we can do uh, as well um, that we don't get time to do usually because we're all so busy rushing. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that helps as well. Um, so what, what do you hope our reader, what the viewers watching, what do you hope when they buy your book, what are they going to get out of it for them? Like as a person, as a person who doesn't understand wrestling or doesn't understand being gay, what do you want to share? What is this story really about for you? I'd like people to know the history of Australian professional wrestling because, as I said, it was very, very big at one time. It's yeah. still from the 80s, 90s when I was around. It sort of was still very regular and very good work. Um, it died off a little bit in the early 2000s, but it's been coming back again now. Yeah. So people just don't know about wrestling. They don't they don't consider wrestling a sport, and it mm. is a sport. Yeah. I mean, it's a theatrical sport. Yeah. Um, Plus, dealing with, uh, again, sexuality yeah. and being involved in such a macho macho world. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, lucky enough, being gay doesn't matter in wrestling. There's a, no. in, Even in Australia now, there's probably about seven or eight openly gay wrestlers, and yeah. it's not an issue. But yeah. again, back in my time, it, was just, it wasn't talked about, it was ignored, yeah. and people don't realise that. It was even illegal till... Um, I think yeah. 82, it was illegal. So I, and I didn't, actually, I wasn't aware of that until yeah, later no, on. In the, in the 70s, if you did public displays, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I could have been arrested many occasions. So yeah. Yeah, when you look at it that way, and then, of course, yeah. the AIDS crisis. When yeah. the AIDS crisis well, came, that, that was that a really scary area. Yeah, Because yeah. Yeah. with so the you, you get cut quite often. Um, yeah, that's right. I mean, there are ways of doing it yourself mm-hmm. when intentional. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you do get your busted eyes and your busted lips and noses. Yeah. And when the AIDS crisis hit, like, you had to stop and think, you know. And, and then I, I had to tell more people then that I was gay. If I was mm. wrestling people, they weren't aware. Mm. That if I was going to bleed or I said, look, I'm, I'm gay. It's just, if there's an issue with you, I, mean, yeah, I had sure. regular tests and everything done. Um, but yeah, so there are extra things you don't have to think or you don't normally think about. So no, no. Was it was it hard to to as you say like deal with the the public persona of being Dazzler Dunlop, but in the part in the private, being depressed and being alone because you didn't have that ability to share and 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 and, and want to be used yourself. Um, you were, what was that like? Yeah, it well? must have been hard. It was hard, but I've, I've always had some good friends around me who I've known for a long time, and yeah. my family have always has again been very supportive. So, yeah, there's a lot of people who don't have that support and they suffer. There was just a couple of young wrestlers, unfortunately, have suicided. That's right. And they had no support and they couldn't talk to their family. And um, I always made my my house an open door for all guys because I taught a lot of young guys to wrestle as well. Yeah. And my house was an open house. They can all come twenty four seven, seven days a week if they had problems. Yeah. And I had a lot of the guys come from broken homes and so they would come on the weekends and in the end I had to get I, I had a one bedroom unit for many yeah. years. I ended up getting a four bedroom house. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say that wouldn't accommodate many people, but the open yeah. door. No. I had two cow I had a cow fold out bed and I had yep. a stretcher bed. So yeah, quite often <laughs> I'd have three people stay at the weekend and, and yeah. that was just my life I, I accepted them and I, I helped as many as I could over the years and wow. um, so yeah I've got the bigger house and some of the yeah. kids moved in and 
And I taught them the value of like life. I taught them about the value of money. Yeah. Just some, taught, taught them respect because a lot of them didn't have respect because they come from broken homes. Yeah. And, and they've all turned out to be really wonderful people and I'm still friends with 90% of them. Well done, Ken. Well done. So tell me, the the how do you feel having done this achievement? I mean, you've achieved a lot in your life. You've, 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 you've got a very high integrity. You, you've, you've you know, got a discipline of, of sport. But writing this book and publicly and setting out for the publishing journey and setting out to tell this to the world, how are you feeling right now in, your, in yourself? I feel really good about it. I feel proud that I've done good. it. Um, I'm a little bit nervous when it comes out on some of the reactions that I'm going to get. Um, again, because I'm, I'm very honest. I yeah. speak the truth. So I've yeah. always been known for that, which doesn't sit well with some people. Um, there's a <laughs> There's a couple of people in the book I've roasted, and mm-hmm. they deserve it. Yeah. Um, and I doubt they'll read it, but I'm I'm sure they'll hear about it. So yeah. I might get a few emails or SMS saying, <laughs> "What the hell is this?" But that's the truth. I mean, I can only tell yeah. the truth. Well, let's focus on the positives and hope that you get a standing ovation, and you know, people rush out to buy it and enjoy it. And I think, in particular, that period, and also. You know those that have dealt with their sexuality or challenged with their sexuality young and older or whatever and also understand that you know like living a life during periods of this australian history and this is one of the things you said earlier um which is amazing it's a it's a, it's a small piece of trivia but it's an amazing fact that no autobiography has been written about a wrestler in australia yeah, and you're the first really, so this is I'm the first book a biography of a wrestler in australian history in australian sport that's yeah, amazing. there's only been two books on wrestling in Australia. One was the hundred year history of Australian wrestling. Yep. And one was based on the World Championship area from sixty four to seventy eight. Wow. So were yeah. Were you born I'm, were you in both of those? No, no. <laughs> what a jip. Jeez. Oh, only two books, but anyway, you had to write your own. It's all good. So no, I'm look, too young. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ken, you've done a great job and uh, everybody watching. Uh, the book is out in November. Uh, it's a wonderful t- story. It's a, it's a real story. And I want to ask everybody watching to please go and grab a copy of this book at Bookstop and or online. Um, and also, we really do encourage you to go to the bookshop because going to your bookshop is important to keep those businesses going. So books like this can keep going in the market. So please uh, support Ken, support a hungry author. And um, yeah, buy the book and um, just yeah, indulge your story and enjoy it. It's, it's wonderful. So, Ken, thank you so much for spending your time with us this evening. A pleasure. Yeah, and thank you everybody for watching. And please um, watch out for Ken. I think you'll be seeing him around the talk show talk show area and on radio. So he's um, he's quite a personality and he's quite a talent. So thank you and uh, good night, everybody. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time. Good night. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing.